On today's episode of Hooks and Hoops, episode number 31, it is Super Bowl weekend, but if you ask around LA, you wouldn't even know with all this trade deadline news and uh, everybody moving places around the association. I picked the Rams in the beginning of the year. I put some money on them at the Bellagio back in April. That was my NFC pick, and I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I think I got them at 8-1 to one looking at this ticket. I had the Steelers in the AFC, and they didn't even make the playoffs. They completely tanked on that. Uh, but nevertheless, it's the Rams versus the GOAT. It's the young genius versus the like the what the Sith Lord Bill Belichick. It's going down. I'm taking the Rams all the way. I'm sticking with my pick. Probably a touchdown game. I'm saying like 28-24, and the team that has the ball last won't score. I'm expecting Donald to have a big game. That uh, defensive line is going to penetrate at all costs. They're going to play tight, make Brady beat them. Todd Gurley hopefully is a lot healthier than he was in the NFC Championship game. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a great game. And uh, ho- hopefully it starts a Rams dynasty. Like the, the Patriots dynasty started on the tuck rule and Vinatieri kicking it. And I believe Brady was 24. And this time around, Jared Goff is 24. And we're starting it on a no call in the NFC Championship. So go Rams. I'm part of the Ramley. I can't wait to see this game on Sunday. I'm taking the Rams all the way. But folks... Episode number 31 today, as you're listening, presented by Lamp Apparel. Go check out lampapparel.com. They got some great gear. Put in hooks and hoops in the checkout box. Got my guy Giovanni Garcia from Fantasy Sports Cape. This um, was supposed to be about like a 10-minute uh, interview and a lot of NBA talk and whatever. It ended up being a whole lot of interview and some NBA, t- NBA talk. Uh, check it out, though. It's really fun, really informative. I'm glad Gio had the time yesterday. He's really quick with his responses, and uh, we got it done. And NBA trade talk is at the end. Check it out. We got we're breaking down the Porzingis deal. We're checking out uh, where Anthony Davis may end up, Durant's future, and a lot of uh, NBA storylines and trade possibilities that I didn't even think of that Gio brought up. So check out the podcast. We're gonna drop some beats and uh, get ready because it's coming at you. <laughs> You cover LAFC, man. I just wanted to chop it up with you. I want to get a breakdown, man. Like, tell us your story because you're in two places at once. You're mm-hmm. at the Kobe LAFC game. Mm-hmm. You're, you're at the Clipper game. You're doing post game here. You're doing it on the floor at the Clipper game. Man, give us a breakdown of Fantasy Sports Cave, man. Tell me more about yourself. Yeah, so the Fantasy Sports Cave, I actually have a team. So, actually, Chris was at, was at the game as well. So, now I've been able to build a team of uh, just individuals like myself, like, you know, just pure on pure hustlers and that love, um, obviously love sports, but they want to do more than just sports. Obviously, right. interview the players and do all that stuff. Um, put my phone on me. And it just like, so it kind of, how it kind of came about, I used to, a long story short, I used to work for corporate America. So, I, okay. I, I college, when I went to college, I, my whole life, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete. I thought I was going to go pro in soccer. Then it happened. Okay. So I was like, right, you know, let me focus on getting a job, right? So okay. I, I went to school in Phoenix at Grand Canyon University. And outside, once I graduated, it was so hard to find a job. And I was like on LinkedIn and all these other things, you know, right. trying to find a job. And then it didn't for like six months. I couldn't find a job. Finally, I landed a job in Baltimore. Oh, okay. It was cool. So I was traveling the country. I was, doing, I was kind of like the marketing rep and doing a bunch of different things for them. And then I got fired. I'm like, just <laughs> then I got fired after two years. Uh, and the reason I got fired was because I'm 
I I'm just I'm how do I say I I'm a terrible employee. I like to focus when I'm, when I'm when I'm me, right? right? When I'm doing, I can make the decisions and all that stuff. But it's honestly, I went through a lot that year. I also tore my ACL, so I was I was a recap. So like like literally, my life kind of went down. I was in depression a lot. I was going through a lot of things, things, and I was like, I went from having my own bachelor pad yeah. to going through knee surgery and being back at my mom's. Right. And I hadn't, I never had been back at my mom's. I moved out when I was eighteen. Wow. So I was like, I was at my mom's. I was like twenty, was it twenty three, twenty four, and it was a weird, uh, weird stage in my life because I was like, I went from like doing all this stuff. My head was so high, and then right. life just literally humbled me. And then so when I was kind of like in that depression state, and like I just realized, I was like, you know what? I need to do something that I really love, enjoy. Doesn't doesn't need to be money because I had I had other job offers, or, but I was like, you know what? I want to move back to LA. I want I want to go back there. I want to try it different things. So moved back. I was a Lyft driver, so I was driving around Lyft. Actually, I was living in San Bernardino. Okay. And then driving to LA just so I could do lift, fork events, and all this. Wow! Other stuff. So it was like an hour and a half, right? So it was an hour and a half when I moved back. But then it was so it took drive to drive. It took so long to get back. It was like seventy, one hundred forty miles round trip. Damn. And I was like, you know, what? I can't keep doing this. Sure. So then I just started sleeping on my car in LA because I was like, I'm one. I'm gonna waste gas. Once I'm gonna waste time. And I was just like, I was like, fuck it. Like I'm just I'm just gonna live out of my car, sleep. So I what I would do I keep a, I'd keep like a gym bag in my in my in the trunk. Right. And then I'd wake up every morning, go work out at LA Fitness, and then start my day with a go out at a coffee shop uh-huh. or go go somewhere where I could work, and then I'd do lift at night or I'd work events in between there. And then I would I remember one time like sleeping like outside of Dodger Stadium and like Staples, and I'm like, man, I I gotta like. It'd be so cool to go over World Series. Right. It'd be so cool to be at Staples Center, but like not just at Staples Center, like on the court, like talking with the players. Sure. You know, so I was just like, I was like imagining that, and I was like, man, I gotta do something. So then I just, I just started like a blog. I was like, you know what? Um, I found this office, this uh, creative space where we're at now. Yeah, we're in beautiful Playa Vista right yeah. now. It's a little chilly, but it's gorgeous <laughs> out here. Beautiful chicks, beautiful buildings, beautiful beach. I can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Here. So I found this place. Actually, one of my friends was uh, doing a speech here, so. And I was like, you know what? I need to find a place where I can focus because coffee shops wasn't working for me. Right. And like for literally like six, for the first couple of years, I was doing a podcast by myself, yeah. learning how to talk on the mic, learning how to write articles and just doing a, diff- a lot of different things. And people here had the bigger, bigger, small businesses, right? Sure. So I was just like, it was just being around that aura of people, right? right. Just kind of like, okay, this people, these people are doing something more with their lives or doing what they want to do. That's what it looked like to me. Right. So I was like, I need to be in this thing. So then it just started to flow, and then I started going from make writing articles to uh-huh. doing like I was like you know what let me let me do like a game day experience at a Chargers game or game day experience at Lakers, and I was still doing events at this time, and so I went to I had been six months of doing like video video game game day experience, and then I went to New York, mm-hmm. my brother and a video popped. it got like eighty thousand views on YouTube, nice, and I was like whoa this is on some so then I bought a nice camera and yeah. I was like you know after like six months I was literally filming it on my iPhone right. literally just filming on my iPhone and I was like you know what this is I'm onto something so then like one of the lawyers here I was like he was telling me like he's like what do you do I was like well I write articles I write content I post video content online you know talk about the players you got a podcast he's yeah. like oh it sounds like you have a media company I was like what he's like it sounds yeah. like you have a media company and I was like oh and like that's when it clicked I was been doing this for a whole year and I was like. I, like, you know, like, you start to figure things out along the way. Sure. But I didn't know what... I, and then that's how my whole mind 
shifted a little bit. I'm like, I had a better vision. I'm like, oh, if I'm actually building me a company, let me see what Bleacher Report is doing. Let me see what ESPN. So I'm like started nitpicking, seeing what they were doing and all this other stuff. And then I was like, let me learn how to get media credentials and do all these things, right? Right. So then like, I, I never knew, but I was so new to the game that I didn't know that there was media rights. That only if, if ESPN was covering the game that... ESPN personnel can interview the players. I didn't know that. Whoa! I didn't. I didn't know that. So and then, I, when the beginning, no one would credential me. Mm-hmm. No one literally would credential me. Right. So then, what I would do, I would sneak sneak in and interview the players. Like I would sneak onto the court and interview the players. So what, did you buy a ticket like in the yeah. 115s? So and just... yeah. So like one of the first times I, I did it was at USC. I was at the Galen Center. Uh huh. And my friend, she's like, hey, I know you're a big sports fan. I get two free tickets to the game. I was like, cool. So I took my friend, uh, my friend Bobby, he <laughs> remembers this. And then I was like, we're like, it was kind of empty, which kind of worked out. But like, I was like, dude, let's go sit courtside. So then we snuck courtside and we were watching them kind of courtside, which is pretty cool. And we were yeah. like, holy shit, this is so sick. But me, I knew that I had to get the, the video footage of me interviewing the best players. Sure. In order to leverage that content to other pro teams, right? Event to get to get enough content. Of course. So I did that. I interviewed to a player, Jordan McLaughlin, and I forgot who the other guy was. And then um, the PR, USC's PR, now I know how it works. I'm like, damn, I'm so dumb. Like, I can't believe I did. But like... I didn't care, right? Because right. I was like, I, one, I was living on my car. I was doing this. I was like, I didn't care because I was like, I don't have anything. I, I was already been broke, right? I was living on my car. I had nothing else to lose, right? Exactly. Like, were they going to kick me out? Were they going to find I don't got no money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what are, what are you going to take from yeah. someone that doesn't have anything? We're already here, man. Yeah, we're already here. <laughs> so it was like, so I was just like, I was just with the like fucking mentality. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to do this. Gotcha. And I'm not scared. Like, I, like also, I, I never made a video to promote like, oh, hey, I snuck in here. Like, I never did that. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to leverage this content outside. So did that. And then the Chargers, they wouldn't give me credentials. After that, the, car, the Chargers wouldn't give me uh, media credentials. But then they, they let me get field tickets to be on the field. Whoa. So I was like, all right, bet. I'll take that. So What's the me. difference, real quick, between media credentials and field tickets? Oh, you're, you're a fan. Like, media field tickets, you can just see the players warm up. And uh-huh. then 30 minutes part of the game, you got to go back to your seat. Oh. Media credentials, um, you either you're in the press box, you interview the players. After the game, before the game, depending on the rules. Are. Okay. Um, so going back to it, so um, I had my brother, we were, like, all wearing, like, fantasy sports cape gear hat and everything. And I told him, I was like, look, we're just going to get him. We're going to go on the field. I'm going to stay. So you had to leave 30 minutes prior, but I was like, fuck that. I mean, my, my brother already knows how I'm going to roll. And we're staying. And the good thing, we, we attached to, like, a group of Pop Warner kids who were meeting. Oh, nice. So I see security guard coming, and then I see Ladanium Tomlinson over there. Wow. A legend for San Diego Chargers. Of course. And I'm like, shit, I see security guard. And like, I told my brother, roll the camera. And I was like, and we're back here at the Fantasy Sports Game. We say LT. And the security guard, mind you, was coming. But I was like, if we're rolling, the security guard's not going to try to stop you. Right. Like, Act as if Yeah, thing, right? exactly. So then, like, he didn't do anything. And then I went up to like, Danny and I was like, hey, man, do you mind if we do kind of like a quick interview? He's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, mind you, I got security guard right here, Ladanian Thompson, his bodyguard, and, like, all these Pop Warner kids. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you know, appreciate it. Like, I was like so nervous. I never had interviewed anybody before. Sure. But I, I was so new. Like, I didn't know. And like, I didn't know what to ask him. Like, he had just won like his golden jacket being in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, I was like nervous and didn't know what, what was going on. That I was like, oh, like the Liam Johnson. Like, I used to always play in Madden. Like, <laughs> like I completely. Fortune two. I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> completely bombed the interview, but I, I got the content. But then like. 
what it showed me, I was like, I was on the right path. Right. Right. Like, even though I kind of fucked up and bombed it and he looked at me and I was just like, I didn't care. Like, right. I didn't care if I fucked up because, and I feel like that's the type of mentality you have to have when you're first starting out. Even you're, you're new to something, right? Right. So I understood like, cause my whole life, I just, I just been a pure hustler and I was like, I was just hustling, hustling, hustling to get in. So I finally used all that content from places where I was sneaking in, going in there. Like even the G League, I was just interviewing players. Yeah. Different I was like, hey, can you give me shout outs? And I, I got crazy. I was making my own media credential badge, right? But it wasn't like, it was literally a piece of paper. Uh -huh. And I just slipped on a piece of plastic. And I, it was just my pure confidence because now that I got a taste of I knew how the media game sort of worked, mm -hmm. right? So now that I, I did all that, then I used all that content to actually build my site it took me like two months to learn how to build a site in Squarespace and like move things around different sure. things like that then when I finally because every team in LA has said no to me really every team to get credentials every team I'm, I'm, now they say yes but it's because I you learn like okay like for me it was like no it sucks or sometimes I don't get back to you sure. but you gotta re-strategize okay how do I get better and then you go back and be like hey this is me again or this right. is me, I like to get credentials. I don't even tell them it's me again because they get so. I'm pretty sure they get so many people in the world. Right. Once you're in, you're in, man. So I got in with the LAFC, I got in with the Clippers and all that stuff. But like, I didn't get in because I was just like doing like you know like I was putting in the work. Right? Sure, I was putting in the work, getting better at my craft, getting better and better and better and better. Right, right. And that's where we're at today. Like now, I'm credentialed by them. Now I'm able to go to practice in the right way. Right, right. Because I didn't know. Like I don't have a journalism background. I didn't go to the USC and Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't go to the Walter Cronkite School. Like sure. I didn't know. Like I just knew pure sports, but I also knew pure hustle. So I just kind of combined those. And now it's kind of surreal because I used to watch these guys on TV and now like I'm talking, I'm talking to Doc, like, hey Doc, tell me what was your thoughts, you know, two minutes left in the game, why did you decide to sub this play in this and like, instead of talking to TV, I can actually talk to Doc and ask him, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a cool experience and now it's not just me, it's also got a team of 10 that I, wow. you know, that I've learned how to build out because I'm learning about the media game, it's very interesting because it's so hard to get in mm -hmm. and, and, um, a lot of people don't last so long because one, I, I think they don't have the right leader okay. to follow or the media kind of takes advantage of them. Okay. For me, it's just, I don't need to do that. Our team is going to win because the work we put in, right. the kind of work. And I, and I know how to ride this, or drive the ship, right? I know how to be the leader for this and I know how to get the right people in the right place and educate the people. And me without no experience in the media game, I've learned it all myself. I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning every single day, but I learn how to put people in place and guide them in the right way, right? right. It's so hard. It's one of the, literally the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also the most rewarding thing I've done because I, I can get other people that, you know, it's the first time, you know, they get an interview the favorite player. That experience alone, that moment of ecstasy, it's like, you know, exactly. it's insane. What was the turning point um, from... That they were like, oh, okay, now you're you're in with us in the media. Was it the, the 80,000 view video? Was it you putting up the website? Like, what was the turning point for you? I think for me, it was funny. I think for me, when I finally got first credential, so the first official credential that I got under Fantasy Sportscape was by the Mexican national team. Wow. Um, and that was, because um, I was still trying to get into LAC. LAC wasn't, uh, they didn't know me. Because, like, in the media game, everybody knows everybody. Okay. They know the outlets, they know who we're okay, blah, blah, but if they're not familiar with you, they're not going to respond to you, they're not going to talk to you. Um, but I was like, I had, at that point, I had re-strategized my, my site because I had enough, because uh, I, I got some content from LAFCs, I had the USC stuff, I sure. had all this stuff. 
So what I strategically did, I put those videos at the top of my website opposed to the bottom. And that has helped me out so much, right? Because it's, it's not so much. Also, I, so I looked at other websites. I looked at other sports sites and saw what they did, right? Sure. I'm like, I, I need to switch mine up, right? Right. So it's it's so much more work that goes into like also the detail how your site looks because when someone comes in like, oh damn, these guys do this, they've talked to this, this and that, and you have articles. So I did that, and I was waiting because it was like a two week wait, and um, I was like, man, I'm hoping. And that night prior, I didn't sleep because one of my friends he was making a music video, so I just helped him out. And I remember driving. We we drove from downtown. We drove from downtown to like back over here in Venice, and it was like five in the morning, six in the morning. We haven't hadn't slept. And I'm like falling asleep, and I'm telling my boy Mark, I'm like, Mark, keep me awake, bro, keep me awake. So we come to the stoplight. I look at my phone and I see the thing, the, the email, and I'm like, I've already gotten so many denials, and I'm like, fuck, man. So like, I open it, you know, already yeah, you're, like, you're assuming like I would go, yeah, and then it says hey, we want, we grant you, we grant you media access to the game, and I was like. What the fuck? And I was yelling and I was like, Mark, I fucking got credentials. Yeah. He's like, he's like, wake it up. And I'm like, I'm fucking shaking him in the car. And he's right. a big dude. He's yeah. a big dude. I'm like shaking him. And I was like, read the fucking email. Read it. And he's like, what the fuck? And then Damn. from that moment on, I was like, I knew I was in. Sure. Like, I knew like what it meant because all the work that I had put in, like the late nights and all this stuff, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Like a stepping stone. I finally got to that stepping stone. Yeah. You know, I'm still at the bottom. I finally got to that stepping stone, right? And I'm like, oh, that's where it's at. Now, so I was just like, all right, I just got to make this better. Sure. It's all the process. So I'm just making the process better. Man, what was, um, how was the protocol? Like you went to your first Clippers practice, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you walk in there and what was that feeling? You just see people working out. It's just media on the side. Like- so yeah, the first Clippers thing that I did, I went to, uh, I went to the media day. So I reached out to them. I was like, hey, this is... So, I, at this point, it was early... Oh, it was uh, September, August. September. It was this past one. This this past one. So okay. it was like... At this point, I had so much content because I had gone to the World Cup. I, had, I just had so much stuff. Yeah. And I knew... I was like... I knew I had a good shot at getting in with the Clippers. So I reached out to them. And I was like, hey, this is who I... Because now I know what they ask for, what they look for. So now... Before, I was like, hey, this is who I am. And I would fucking tell them everything. Sure. Before, now, I'm like, this is who I am. This is why I'm asking for media credentials. Check this out. And they're like, yeah, you're good to come. Just keep it simple and easy for Just them. keep it simple and easy and tell them who you are and what your intentions are. And then give them a link to your website. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to share with people. Like, teach them kind of like certain things. Like, I, the way I've been able to get in, I feel like people can kind of replicate that if they put in the work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. But if you, if you put in the work, they'll see that. And it's just like... The market will tell you if you're good enough, right? But to answer your question, when I went to the first day of media day, it was pretty cool because I got to see Doc Rivers. I got to see, you know, the rookie Shea, you know, Marshall Gortat. And it was cool because I was like, now I had made him to the NBA. That was a whole other ballgame. I was, it was my media that I literally built it from scratch. Now, can you go into any NBA gym or is it just like a one so kind of thing? So, I'm, I'm credentialed for the Clippers. Gotcha. So just the Clippers. I'm working on getting the Lakers and everything else. Sure. Um, there, there's different things, right? But the, the team has to give you access. Mm. The team's PR has to give you access and then you go, right? So right. The hardest thing is getting in. Right. And then once you're in, you're in. How many World Cup games did you go to? I went to three. So, that was... <sighs> That was the, probably one of the best experiences of my life. So I went this I went this past summer to the World Cup, and sure. my whole life I had always wanted to go to the World Cup. You know, as a kid, you know, it's a sports fan, and even if you watch soccer, that's right. like the biggest game. 
and I went to the first opening night, and then Mexico, Germany, and then Mexico, Brazil. But I went, I flew out there by myself. Wow. So I, I just bought a one-way ticket to, to Moscow, and I was like, if I like it, I'm going to stay long. If I don't like it, I'll come back. Right. right. But literally, it was a, because literally the greatest experience, because like you have people literally from all, all over the world. The coolest thing, the common language is English, so everybody, like, you have the 10, 15 different countries speaking English. You communicate, and then you're right. Rush Moscow was such a beautiful city, like gorgeous. It had parks everywhere. It's so, so beautiful. Imagine like New York transportation, much cleaner mm -hmm. and prettier. Just everywhere, just right. historic stuff. I, I don't know if they just did it from the World Cup to make it that clean, but it was, <laughs> it was really. It's nice. like how Brazil kind of like try to hide the favela. Yeah, like, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So it was really, it was, it was really, uh, it was really cool. But I, I mean, I. I I bounced around, so I stayed in hostels. The first week that I was in a hostel, the second week I was in a hostel, I stayed in my friend's hotel, an apartment. You know, I was, I was around all over Moscow. Sure. And it was just like, it was a cool experience because being out there, like, um, I was out there exotic, right? I was mm -hmm. a little bit more dark skin. I'm Hispanic, right? For so sure. like, the guys wanted to hang out with us. The guys would buy us beers and they would, you know, mm -hmm. and the girls wanted to hang out with us as well. So it was right. like the best of both worlds, Dang. you know? Like, incredible experience, like, just to say the least. But also, like, it also showed me how well we were, how we were connected through social media and right. all that stuff. Because like, the way the kids would wear like you know the babe stuff, the you know all the all the all the stuff that we wear here, whether it's you know all the hottest gear and all that stuff, they're wearing it out there like yeah. all the supreme stuff. And right. They're like oh hey, and then the rap they listen to Russian rap and they're like hey, do you listen to Russian rap in America? I'm like it hasn't made it out there. <laughs> I was like no, but they know all the rap artists out there, and sure. it showed me like how big of a playing field, like how big some of these artists really are, so how big of these assets we are on a world level. Right. Because when you go over there, like, it's 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 pretty amazing. And then just me just being up there, like, I would just wear a jersey and people want to take pictures of me because I was so different. From right. They're like, oh, picture, picture. And, like, and I learned a little bit of Russian and stuff. But it was, it opened up a lot, a lot, a lot to me and it made me, I'm like, okay, now eventually, a long term, be on a world, I want to play at that level. Right. Be on a world level. But I know that's, Far, a lot, a long, long way from that. Yeah. When you were at, at the World Series, mm -hmm. you got to go to Boston. You did it, and you yeah. did it back over here. Is this your first World Series? Yeah, uh, first as a media. Yeah, as a media. Yeah, yeah. last year or the year prior, when I went to Houston, uh, when the Houston Dodgers faced, that was my first World Series. Wow. When I was a fan. What um? What's the difference? Is there like a different culture or a different vibe? Like, do you notice a difference in per in like personalities from an LAFC to a Clipper to the Dodgers? So yeah, so uh, baseball is very um. It's kind of reminds me, like, it's a very classy sport. It's mm -hmm. kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, golf, but it's a very classy sport when it comes to, like, the way that they go about, like, the media, right? They okay. They go about it, and, like, in Boston, there was a party there, like, the night before, but I didn't, my goal was just to get the content out and do all this stuff, but it, I got to see, you know, I got to, the night, the media day was Monday, so we got to interview all the players, talk to them, and then later that night, there was, like, a party for like the finest people of Boston and all this stuff and and it's interesting that I got into, into the way I kind of had uh, worked out and so I'll tell you the story so the way I was able I didn't go through my media outlet I went through another media outlet so I worked out a deal um, it was literally one of the best experiences of my life and one of the worst experiences of my life okay and I'll tell you why um, this is probably just kind of being on the media game the reason why it was literally one of the best experiences because I was Within a year and a half of building my media company, I was at the World Series. I've been able to hustle myself to get into the World Series. Right. And be out in Boston. 
And the reason why it was the worst is because of per- the individual I was working with. Um, because we made a deal that, you know, there's certain things that um, we worked out. Right. That just didn't go out the way. And I just felt like the individual was trying to take advantage of me. And just different things. We just um, had different, different views, right? Right. So, and I kind of want to share this so people whoever your listeners or whatever like um they can hear right they, they can understand this the deal was that i was going to help her with summer summer uh summer needs to get there financially and then we were going to help each other mm-hmm. film each other and all this stuff sure but this individual completely lied to me and said that i was her assistant and i'm like hmm. okay i was like i didn't I have my own media outlet. I don't. I never agreed to be your assistant. Right. But she's telling that to all the MLB people, oh. all the people, all the other reporters that I'm meeting them that I know and that I've seen on TV. And right. Because I, mean, I guess my I'm like I'm not your assistant. When mm-hmm. I'm financially helping with this, right? Right. And that's and they started in Game One of the World Series, and there was five games. Of course. And by Game Two, I was like I, I was like I I can't do this. I'm right. In the deal, I'm, I was like calm my dad calm a few people and then but I then I realized that I realized something I was like you know what this is I think this is a test for me that's the way I viewed it sure. I was like I think I'm getting tested right now because this individual really uh, whether they thought they were like way above or whatever you know there's just people like that in the world and just people like that in the media game and I was like I just need to learn how to handle this when it happens again I'm gonna be better Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. So that's that's how I took it. Um and that happened every single it was every single game to When you got back to LA, it was the same it was the same shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the same it was a, it was the same shit and it was like it was just very interesting to me because the, the individual I feel like that they're not going to win in this media game because I I'm able to not only do I observe athletes and I'm able to kind of like, you know, see what they do, observe them and you know kind of give my thoughts but right. also I do the same thing for media people. I'm like, okay, let me see how this person moving. Let me see how this person, how you treat other people. Right. But like, for me, it's like, if when you try to treat someone, you try to be a piece of shit to someone, you're not going to win long term. No. And me, I'm going to win. Like me and my team are going to win because our intentions are, we're also going to put in the work, but we don't need to take advantage of anybody. Right. You know? Okay. But I mean, nevertheless, outside of that, um, greatest experience. Right. Like, literally, I saw Alex Rodriguez in front of me. One day he sat next to me, he was doing an interview. And the whole time I'm like, damn! Like I like I, when we first started this interview, like I said, man, I used to sleep outside of Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Now I'm in the clubhouse, sitting next to A Rod. Right. Surreal. Surreal, and like interviewing some of these players, and I'm like, the way it, it was just like, it just kind of like, damn, this is so sick. This is like literally the coolest thing. Because, you? because I was just like, I was just, I was like, I've been able to fin- like not just finesse, but also believe in myself. Yeah, I can do it. You but know? you also put in a ton of work. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was the eighteen months you said of, of build up before you you yeah. got. And you were probably in your car eleven o'clock at night editing and typing articles Dude, and doing the yeah, whole thing, I was right? Like doing that, and then like when I got this place, I'd be here till three, four, five in the morning. Like literally hadn't slept and just doing that because just pump out content, learn how to video edit, learn how to build a website, learn how to do a podcast. I literally learn. I learn every. I'm learning. I'm learning, and I've learned all every single step to the top to video producing, to being on camera host, sure. to everything. Because that's that's what I got to. I realize I don't expect that from my team, but I realize if I want to win and want to build my sports network, yeah, what's my goal? I got to learn every step. Right. So when I actually put someone in place or hire someone in there, like no, this is how it should be done. You so what's yeah, but what's so what's your end goal for yourself in fantasy sports game then? 
For me, it's just, it's just like honestly, I know world domination. With <laughs> we talked about your Spanish, yeah, uh, the, the new Spanish project, but yeah. You, besides world domination, um, for me, it's literally to honestly give people the same, save opportunity, give them opportunities that they wouldn't be able to present it. Because right. I feel like if just because you're not able to go to school, sure, someone like myself or a media like myself can help you get into into this game and teach sure. you this game how I've learned it. Because I. I've literally been on shit on. Like, right, so, like, this media game, just like anything in life, right? You get punched in the face, right? You get punched in the face, then right. you learn how to duck. Sure. You know, how to jab, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I've learned, and it still happens. Never, it's still, I'm still going to get punched in the face, but I want to teach other people this game, this media game, and give them the opportunity to be like, hey, look, come over here. Because it's 2019, like, you can learn a lot of this stuff online. Right. People like me or just anybody that's willing to share but, like, if I want to give the same experience interviewing the play because that's so cool. I realized that like uh, like last year I was like, this is cool, just me, but it's even better and bigger than me if I share this with other people. Right. So let's just say I'm a day one right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have a journalism degree. I didn't mm-hmm. go to a fancy USC like yourself. What's a day one? Well, I didn't go to USC either. Well, I'm just like, you're, yeah, you didn't, we didn't go to like the, like we said, the Annenberg or any of those. We're, we're hustlers, right? We're yeah. trying to make it happen, doing our own and learn as we go. For a day one who's out there just like recording a vlog with with his camera, mm-hmm. what are, what is the next step besides maybe asking for freelance work or just like just giving thoughts on YouTube? What just maybe put content out there? Yeah, the main thing is to put content because I literally a lot of people like hit me up in the DMs and people like, hey, I want to be this, I want to do that, and like I give anybody a shot. Yeah, you know, anybody. You don't have to go to USC. Like, right. I because I can teach you how to write articles. I can teach you how to. I can teach you that stuff. Right. What I look is for consistency. Sure. A lot of my boys or everybody hit me up like, hey man, like, let's go, to, I'm down, I'll do it, whatever. I'm like, I'll ask this, like write two articles a week and then I can gauge where you're at. Yeah. But the consistency is hard to do that through a month, two months, three months, a year, mm-hmm. right? That's where I look at. So the team that I'm very, I, I vet people through, right? So right. I'm like, it's just consistency. Sure. That's that's the name of the game. Consistency, if you're consistency, then you're going to win because like, when uh, one of my guys started with me, he didn't know how to write articles. He'd write articles like slang, but like now he's not even a year in just yet. And he's killing it with the articles and nice. stuff like that. Because it's like, he's reading ESPN articles. He's reading Bleacher Report. He's reading all these other articles. He's like, okay, I like how that guy's writing style. I see how he puts her quotes. Like, you literally can teach everything yourself, right? right? But you got to be consistent. And that's the hardest thing. And that's why I've been able to win. And that's why I feel like we've wanted to have this conversation because I've been able to execute. As long as your consistency, you're going to be able to execute. Right. So I got a quick question about the media stuff. We got okay. Bill Belichick. Somebody's asking for a selfie with Bill Belichick, oh, right? I was, at the, I was at the Pacquiao Broner press conference, and there was a guy with a, a money team hat and a Broner shirt asking softball questions to Broner. What are, like, the, what's the journalism etiquette? Like, I know you can't like, sign, ask for like, a signed jersey or a yeah. what, what do you If somebody's like, this is my first day, Gio, this is my oh, first time man. meeting somebody... What what are the no? What are the so notes? That, that's what then that's what I tell my team. I was like, first off, like so no, don't post your media credential badge. Okay. Online, obviously you that I mean if you do that like there's just gonna be the team can take our like our media outlet credential down. So that's why it's like no photos with the players. Obviously, and live streaming, some teams let you do it after the game. Some teams let you before. The NBA doesn't let you do it at all mm-hmm. unless you got the rights and stuff. Sure. So those are the main things. Obviously, like, yeah, this is your first player, like, whatever. But, like, I've, I'm not going to put throw you out on the wolves, right? Because right. you're gonna, not going to know. You're not going to know. And, like, you see LeBron, you'll be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Right. So I would I would prep you up first. But I would tell you, like, look, those are the things. No photos with the players. This is because we're media now. We're not a fan. Anymore. Right. We're media. We're at, we get the access. Right. And then 
that can literally cost us a credential wow. forever. Like we'll get blacklisted. So it's like, and that's why I tell the guys, it's, it's not worth it. Like if we're in a win long term, right. if we're like at a charity event or something like that, then yeah, because there's been certain exhibition matches that the coaches will take pictures and all that stuff. That's cool, but an actual game and all that stuff, right. it's, no, it's a no-go. Well, like if they come to the studio, like Chris Haynes is now a guy, I'm really yeah. following a lot of guys who just, you know, they're talking next to each other. I'm sure that's like proper, right? Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, in it's their place of business exactly. or their place of work. If it's right? not at a game, like an actual game, yeah. You can't, don't do it there. <laughs> no jerseys it. either. Like, no jerseys, none, none of that stuff, yeah. Oh, man. Um, who do you look up to, man? Like, I'm sure there was people you were watching, listening to, reading that you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to just try and do it. Yeah, I look a lot of people. Right now, I'm really, uh, well, a lot of people. But right now, I want to say, uh, Mark Cuban. I always looked up to Mark Cuban a lot. And when I was depressed, I was reading his, I was reading his book, How to Win at the Sport of Business, mm-hmm. and I um, actually got to meet him when the Clippers played the Mavericks. He was on the court, and I'm like, holy shit, he's right there on the court. Right. And I was like, I got to go talk to him. So there's like media around there, and I was just t- talking with them, and I just, at the end, like, I asked him a few questions about Luka Doncic, and, I, and then at the end, like, I was off camera, I was like, hey, I just want to thank you for writing your book. Because it's such a, I, I got the audio, such a, it's like an hour and a half, such a simple uh, thing, but I remember one quote it, it, that it said in the book. It said, "It doesn't matter how many times you're wrong or how many times you fail. You only got to be right once." That's it. And I was like, "Fuck!" That clicked with me so well. Like, and that's how I do with with the media because I know I'm a video away from blowing up. Like, right. I'm, I'm an article away from this. I'm a. But I don't. I don't like. Okay, this is it. I don't live like that, right? Sure. But it's just like, it's just putting out the content and doing all that stuff because. Like I said, the market will tell you. So I cannot. The market is gonna tell you. Like when I popped, I, I had been putting six months. Uh, when that video popped, eighty thousand, I had been putting six months of work. Right. You know. So it's just like if you put in the work, it's gonna you're gonna get repaid, right? Right. The second person I look up to and I listen to a lot is Gary V. Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk. Man, that guy is like the amount of content he's out for free. Like he's like my like my business coach. He's taught me so much about patience. Because when I first started this, I was like, like man, I'm going I'm to I'm build this uh, fantasy sports game. I have 100,000 followers, right. blah, 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 and make money. And I was like, holy shit. Now I understand how hard it is to build a brand from scratch, how to get into the sports and learning strategies and all the different things. So I just listened to his podcast has helped me out so much. And it's not just building a brand, I think, Gio. It's also building a community, right? Yeah. Constantly right. engaging with people who are engaging with you and just trying to build up that, that camaraderie, right? Yeah, and that's, that's the hardest thing. Yeah. That's literally the hardest thing because it's like... You want to be at the games, you want to do this, you want to do that. Okay, someone commented, you got to reply to this and this and that. And that's how I actually want to talk to the team. It's like, when you're starting out small, you, your community is the most important thing. You right. got to get them involved. You got to do a bunch of different things and get them in there, right? So it's right. just like, once you understand and you're appreciative about that, then you learn how to leverage that and start building that. Because immediate media, what I've learned, it's only as big as its audience, right? Mm-hmm. You're only going to go as far as your audience. So it's right. like, that's what I'm learning how to grow the audience and do all the things right there. Have you ever met uh, Steve Ballmer? He just seems like a character. I've seen him. I've never like personally shook his hand, mm-hmm. but um, I, I I've never personally met him. Right. But I've I've seen him multiple times. But I think he like owners like that like he'll come to the media. Right? Like like uh, like I said, um, Mark Cuban. He's super cool. He loves he loves to talk to me. He doesn't care. Yeah. Steve Ballmer. I think he's a little bit kind of more protected. A little bit. I don't know. I don't want to say that. I don't know what the word is, but. He doesn't engage with the media is a better word as much as um, right. Mark Cuban does. Were you there when Blake Griffin did the runoff thing? Like, yeah, the, yeah, what yeah. did it look like? Because on camera it looked really bad, but Blake so, was like, "F you to this." I was watching yes, the scrum after so he called somebody out. We don't yeah, have to say his name, but yeah. like, what was that whole thing about? So yeah, so um, I didn't know this had happened. So 
Uh, I saw this on Twitter. One of one of my guys, uh, one of my good friends, uh, who covers the Clippers, he tweeted about it. He tweeted about the incident that like, hey, Blake literally just ran past Steve Ballmer, and Steve Ballmer was like, Blake, Blake, with his hand out. Sure. So then, sure enough, later I'm there. I see the video. I'm like, oh, and I just started laughing. You know, so I re- this was already this and this is Blake Griffin's first game back right uh, against the Clippers at Staples. Center. Right. So it was already like you know Blake Griffin got traded, blah blah. blah. And the way I mean the way the Clippers did him was kind of I don't know it wasn't the best way to do it. Right? Oh, yeah. Let's just put it that way. And so he you can tell he's still hurt and stuff. So when you know you run past the owners trying to shake your hand, kind of that's gonna be the narrative whether you win or lose. Right. So after the game. One of my friend that tweeted, he, it's crazy, he did a story on him a week prior. Mm-hmm. But it was just weird because, like, video had surfaced, you know? Mm-hmm. So people ask him, like, hey, what'd you think about this? He's like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, he didn't really answer. He's like, oh, he's like, everybody knows my pregame warm-up. I usually run past, and I'm not stopping for anybody. And then he looks at my friend who sent out the tweet. It was, it was literally just commenting the incident. It wasn't commenting, like, Blake out and did him dirty. Right. He literally just commented what, what he saw. Sure. It was. And then Blake is like, I think that's bullshit that you tweeted that out, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude. So then I asked him, because I was like, dude, that's messed up. Right. I never really asked these type of questions, but then I was like, fuck it, dude, you're being a dick. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, well, would you shake Steve Ballmer's hand? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not here to answer hypothetical questions. That clip alone, bro, was on Sports Center the whole weekend, and everybody was sending me, "Hey, is this you asking Blake Griffin this? Hey, is this you?" Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't. I don't have cable. I don't have. I don't have. Uh, I watch sport. I watch sports, but I don't have ESP. I don't have cable. Right. So people were sending this to me, and like, is t- people were tagging me on Instagram wow. and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit! Like that's when I realized, like, okay, the like I go back, like the market is telling me that what I'm doing is working. So are players. You know, are players that in tune with what's being said on Twitter and Instagram well, by you guys? I, I, obviously, yeah. They, they we, read everything. They read, yeah, yeah. Because like we live in a we live in a time and place that it's beautiful, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's sick, but you don't you never know whether they whether they like it or not. You never know until mm-hmm. no one knew he every dude. We all thought he saw it on. It was Detroit Pistons TV was the first one. To distribute. Oh shit! They were the first one. I'm like, how did you not see that before? Like. I mean, the tweet probably came out first, then the video. Sure. But the video that came out first was from, from the Pistons. I think, I don't know if Blake Griffin that just thought that the, the tweet was how everybody found out. Mm. But dude, like, everybody found out because of the video. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the video would make it worse than someone saying a tweet that commented on right. that, you know? But yeah, players, I feel like they're definitely in tune, uh, especially with all the stuff that goes on, right? Social media, like, whether you like you like it, you don't like it, you use it or not, like, yeah, players know what's going on. So, one more question before we get into some NBA talk. I'll let you go here. Okay. Um, what is the, the, the post-game like? Are both teams having their inter, their media scrums and stuff at the same time? Or is it one team first and then one so, after? So, it, uh, it depends. so, I'll just tell you how Clippers is. Clippers, uh, Doc Rivers, um, he goes in the press conference. Sure. So, there's a press conference. So, while that press conference is going on, the visiting head coach will have his press conference with his backdrop, but he'll be standing outside, like, in, in the scrum. Okay. So, if you, whoever, it's whoever, whether it's, um, I can't think of my coach, Steve Kerr or whatever, out there, he's just standing there. So, you get, sometimes you got to pick and choose, right? Do you mm-hmm. want uh, Doc Rivers or do you want Steve Kerr or whoever? So, um, that, that, that's how it happens at Clippers, just the press. Well, LAFC, they have a press conference all the time, mm-hmm. which is weird. Instead of going to the scrum, they just always have the press conference. Okay. Or something like, I kind of, I like it, but I don't. 
kind of wish sometimes you could do the scrum because mm-hmm. players take forever to change and stuff. So it's like whatever. But yeah, the LAFC, LA Galaxy is more kind of like a scrum mm-hmm. doing that. And then the Mexican national team, it's both scrum and press conference. Right on, man. Uh, let's get into some NBA talk. Right, let's, we'll let's, you go. let's do it. Let's do it. Let me ask you, you cover the Clippers. Yeah. You think Kawhi's coming to the Clippers? Oh, man. I mean, all the signs are there, man. This guy got a house in San Diego. I know he's a San Diego State yeah. guy, right? But he's 100 miles down the yeah, road. I mean, I think it all comes down to what happens this offseason and all the moves. I mean, the Clippers are very, it's a very promising team. Yeah, this is a Lakers town, right? Sure. No one's going to argue that, but it's also, you know, Los Angeles, you're here, Hollywood if you want that, but I don't think Clay, uh, Kawhi is like that, but I think... The type of team that the Clippers are, they're not the flashiest, mm-hmm. but I think that kind of fits Kawhi a little bit more. Yeah, he wears you know, New so Balance. He yeah, just hangs out. He's, he's more of a chill guy. Yeah. I can I can see. It. I mean, I know they've been there's been a lot of rumors. A lot of the Clippers scouts have been to almost every single one of his games. Right. Uh, he's definitely a hot commodity. I can't confirm that. Just, right. Yeah, I mean, just yet or not, because I don't know if it's gonna. I think sure. it all depends how the Raptors do. And what these offseason moves happen. You know, a lot of the trade, a lot of that's going to depend on where Kawhi ends up. It's going to be a crazy offseason. And up in this last week into the demo, oh, yeah. it's going to be nuts. But let's talk about the other team in LA, the Lakers, right? right? We talked about how players probably hear the noise. I'm mm-hmm. sure the, the, the core four and the Zubach, too, like they yeah. probably hear the noise, right? Knicks are out of it because mm-hmm. they just dumped Porzingis for salary cap for Durant. Celtics, uh, well, Kyrie's yeah. kind of in the air right now. He's like, I don't know anybody shit, right? He came out here, he's like, I don't know anybody, nothing. Yeah. Asked me July 1st, just yeah. complete heel turn, cut his hair, yeah. became a bad guy. Lakers seem like they're in the driver's seat for, for this whole thing. The question is whether it's going to happen before or after the deadline. What, what, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Oh, man, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, like, Anthony Davis wants to come. Right. I think uh, Del Demps, who's the GM, is kind of, from what I'm hearing, he's a little butthurt. Like, so Gotta be. Like, so, obviously, but, like, this is, like, let's, let me paint you this picture. All right. So you have the superstar player who lets you know ahead of time whether what change of command command how it happened. Mm-hmm. He lets you know ahead of time like, hey, I'm not gonna come. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a heads up to get some value for me. Right. I'm letting you know this is the team I want to go. Right. right? Dell Dance took it as a breakup. So when you break up, you're mad that someone wants to leave. Deleted pictures on Instagram. Delete pictures, <laughs> take them off the video board. Like, I'm with Drew Holiday now. Yeah, I'm with this person now, like whatever. So it's like, he's upset, right? Sure. He's very, I, we get it, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if you look at the big picture thing, mm-hmm. like, this guy lets you know. He lets you know. His superstar yeah, Get something for me. Get something for me. That's what, like, his message was. Right. You know, and he had think, and I heard he, he talked to his player, his teammates, and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I think Dell Dempsey becomes, or whatever the Pelicans do, I mean, the, from what's been reported, the, the Lakers are willing to offer Lonzo, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, yeah. you know, um, Zubak, and then who's the other guy? Ingram. Ingram, yeah. Ingram and a first-round draft pick. I'm like, bro, like, right, that is such a good offer. Yeah. Like, I can believe the Lakers are offering that, but at the same time, like, you... You, you, if you don't want to get, you really want to wait till the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're, I think right now the window's kind of closing on the Pelicans. Yeah. Right there. Because this is literally one of the greatest offers that you have on the table. Right. The Lakers, right. it makes sense. Right? If you have a once in a lifetime to get a top three player and pair him along LeBron James, if you need to get rid of that, those pieces. Yeah. It's worth it. And then you figure, get him and you figure out the rest. Yeah, I'll drive KCP to the airport, man. Like whatever <laughs> whatever we got to yeah. do to get uh, Anthony Davis on the Lakers, Dude, yeah. Rich Paul will send them all on a, on a beautiful Escalade to LAX. Yeah, yeah, because right? it's like, uh, and you ha- like, if you're the Lakers, you have to. Yeah. You have to. I think they're trying to hold out because they were hoping for New York and Boston or maybe just send him to the East so he mm-hmm. doesn't come back to burn you. But it's kind of like, 
it's a crazy game where the players kind of run run things in a way. Like they took power out of the owners, and the owners are bugger. Well, well, that's uh, that's what I like about the NBA. It's such a it's such a progressive league, but there's also like you know like there, there's a reason why the Celtics can't go after. Uh, AD because of that whole um, what's that what's designated player designated player right, right, right. right and there's a salary cap there's a five year max that you can do the NBA is such a progressive league that's sure. all I like and the cool thing is about that before you had owners that they wouldn't tell you they would trade you yeah you know, stuff like that but I like that the players have just as much power as as some of the owners right look at what happened to Isaiah Thomas now everybody has now everybody has the same power right yeah. Isaiah Thomas got screwed over pretty much right. in Boston. He played his heart out. His sister had passed away, and then they don't even give him that contract. They trade him away. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're an AD, you got if you have that leverage, take advantage of it. Right. You got to take, and that's what I like. That's what makes this game so interesting to me. Now the Knicks. Let's talk about the Knicks. They dumped Porzingis. They did, yeah. they sent him now the Doncic like Mark Cuban's gonna make this yeah. super European team like Harrison Barnes for Goran Dragic. Somebody make that happen. Yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. get a super Euro team going on in Dallas. New York's got to know something, I think, right? They got to know KD is probably coming or Jimmy Bucket to dump to get seventy six million dollars in cap space and yeah. be like punting on this guy who could probably play. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me. It's like you have obviously he hasn't played this year, but he's a unicorn, right? I know he tore his ACL. Yeah. Whether I don't know if it's bad, but while I was watching highlights of him, um, I was like, man, this guy is so good. Yeah, but I, I've also heard that Porzingis probably didn't want to be there. The culture, whatever, didn't fit. Right. But, I'm I'm surprised. I'm literally shocked by that. I'm literally shocked because this is this was the guy for them, uh-huh. and then just let him go to, to the Mavs. So yeah. I think we're gonna see how it plays out. Whether the Mavs win, the Knicks wins, I just don't think the Knicks are that attractive, right? I don't obviously that the, the money is there, sure. But I feel I don't know. Like I feel like the Knicks. Um, I don't know. Like kind of they're kind of a little. I don't want to compare them to the Lakers, but now Magic Johnson's there, so the, we we were able to attract LeBron. Mm-hmm. We were having talks like have AD, but I don't think the Knicks are there yet. Right, they got Scott Perry, right, who's like a player's GM, yeah. and they got Mills in there, but you still got James Dolan with his band opening that's, up that's, every game, that's, right? That's the thing is James Dolan, as long as he's the owner, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, you saw what uh, um, Jeannie Buster, her brother, that had to happen. Had to happen. Because he was, he was messing up the Lakers organization. Right. I think James um, Dolan, I don't know him, but from everything that I've seen, like, you know, the top is not well, people don't like the top, right. it's the chain of command. I don't think it's gonna work out, and that's why I feel the Knicks have not that done that well. Like ownership is probably the best leverage you can have in the NBA, right? Yeah. People just look at the ownership if you're willing to spend all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. If you're willing to spend all that stuff, but I think I don't know what the vibe is there. We'll see. We'll see if they can get KD. We'll see if they get. They're gonna end up with like. Tobias Harris and Kemba on <laughs> on Max's like yeah, like yeah. how it happened in 2010, right? Yeah, oh my god, that was crazy. Everybody LeBron was. with his hat, with his Yankee hat. He's like, I'm coming. Nah, yeah, really. yeah. Oh man. Um, let's do some. Um, I'm gonna ask you a yes or no question. Okay. Is Kyrie Irving on the Celtics next year? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. With all the LeBron like tweet, uh, uh, hinting at him through Instagram. Uh-huh. LeBron, man, LeBron runs the league. I don't care what anybody says. And he has every right to he, sure. everything he does outside the league, and like this is LeBron game, LeBron's game, and he knows how to run the league. And I think Kyrie wants to join him, so I don't think it'll be a second. Is so, Jimmy Butler a 76er? I don't know. I don't think so. No, no. He he wants that max. Yeah, he wants he wants that max. And there's been a little bit like, and he's a very controversial person. Right. I've I've gotten to uh, interview him a couple times. I got to see how his persona just is. Just combative kind of guy. Yeah, he's just he's just uh, very into him. So there's nothing wrong with that. No. 
But I, I think it just doesn't flow with a lot of personalities. Right? He's a tough dude too. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a tough dude. But I, I, I think he's gonna go wherever the max, where the max is at. Is Clay Thompson a warrior next year? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. If he wants, if he wants max money, no. Mm. If he wants to take less money, yes. That's what it's gonna come down wow. to. Wow. That's what it's literally gonna come down to. Right. He, he kind of floated that out there, and you kind of know how that game works. Yeah. Right? Ah! Well, the Lakers look good. Yeah. Look at that max. Well, I think I think those reports were coming from his people. Okay. I think yeah. I would assume like when stuff like that happens, I think you kind of just like kind of the NBA is a business, right? right. The Lakers young core are learning the business how it is, right? Right. They're they're learning the tough the tough way, right? They're gonna get traded potentially traded for for this player, but I feel like if I was a player like that and like yeah, like let the Warriors know like I want to stay here, but yeah. if you don't if you don't pay me, there will be other options, right? right? Because at the end of the day, you paid Stephen Curry, you paid KD. I've contributed to the championship. Sure. I want the money. I love it here. I want the money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, what was I completely blank? What was I going to say? Um, the Bradley Beal moved. Is he gone? I know what that. Yeah? John Wall seems like a guy John, who's going to be there. John Wall, I mean, he came into he came to the season overweight. like Just so much stuff. Right. right. He was so living much. his best life in Vegas. Yeah, living life. his best life. Out of shape. I, I can't see Bradley Beal being there next year. Dang. Yeah, that, that relationship, I think it's over. Trade deadline on Thursday. Got Mike Conley on the on the block, Marcus Gasol on the block. I kind of want to see Mike Conley in Utah. I think okay. that would be an amazing move. Right. I'd like to see Marcus Gasol maybe in Toronto or something like that. Okay. Where, where's a move? A canter maybe moved. Uh, wh- what's a small move that you kind of see that may happen or somebody that's on the block that's going to make an impact? Because we got Julius Randle, Miritic, those guys may be on the block now as well. Yeah. But Bobby Portis playing his heart out in Chicago. I mean, what do you see? I will, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers made a move. Really? I, you got to protect Boban and Milos at all costs, though. <laughs> you do. You got to protect Boban. But I, I, the Clippers are so sneaky sometimes. Yeah. That I can see them trying to, trying to get in. I don't think they, they can get AD, but I can see them trying to, like... Do something with Tobias Harris, you know? Really? Uh, all star snub Tobias Harris. Let's put <laughs> that out there. All star snub. I I can see him potentially. I mean, because I don't think their intention is to keep Tobias Harris long term. Okay. I don't think that that's their goal. If you're trying to go to Kawhi, and I don't know. Same position, right? right? And this is no con- I covered the team, but this is no confirmation. But I, I can see something like that happening, whether they move this player or mm-hmm. do that player. If they they may not do nothing, but I I'm gonna be very interested in what the Clippers do. Do you think they'd be in the uh, in the in the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes? Mm. Maybe Trey. Okay, it's like if it, if I call Boston, I know Kyrie's not. It depends who you pair him up though. Let me get Shea Gillis as say Gillis Alexander, mm. Jerome Robinson, Tobias in a pick. Would you do that if you're Jerry West for for Kyrie Irving? That's a lot. Yeah, I mean you you. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, for Kyrie Irving, but also who are you gonna pick? Kyrie Irving and Kawhi is still not enough. It's not enough. You need like Kyrie Irving and KD. That's you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you need that, that kind of combo. Yeah, that combo. Because we, I was actually talking about that. Like uh, Kawhi and KD. Hell yeah. Yeah. Kyrie. You know, it, it all depends who you're gonna pair them up with. Right. That's that's what it will all come down to. Well, shoot, man. The NBA is the the hottest commodity right now. Yeah, the biggest. They're. They, the NBA and their superstars have literally taken, sucked out all the attention sports media. Did, did you know a Super Bowl? You know a football game's going I on? Did, I, didn't, I didn't even know the Super Bowl <laughs> week was going on. Anthony Davis, <laughs> Forget the Rams right now. That was so proper, and that goes to show how much power the NBA really has everywhere. 12 month sport now. Yeah. They, they completely everywhere. dominate. Everywhere, which is pretty cool. This is another thing that's sports related, but not basketball related. Yeah. The lack of Latinos 
in sports radio and sports media in Los Angeles kind of bothers me a little bit. There's no Mexicans full-time in L.A. radio, right? Beto yeah. does the Golden Boy radio, and then Sedano, Cuban great guy, right? Yeah. And he does the 3 to 6 on ESPN. Bretos is awesome at what yeah. he does with Combate Americas and LAFC. Yeah. Like, do, you, do you think there's like an... Uh, like a representation issue in, in, in for sport, especially like Latino market in LA. I think it's just learn about the game, and I think I'm gonna be one of those people. Right on, man. I, I really, I'm glad you brought that up. I, the reason I also want to win in this game, in this media game, is to give uh, people, Latinos, Hispanic people, someone that looks like them, be like, oh, damn, he's doing that. I can do that, and I feel like. I have that willpower and I have the potential to get there if I keep doing what I'm doing and if I'm able to motivate and inspire the people because me I can speak both languages like me I, I'm very I have a I'm a very big asset because I can go from English to Spanish right and people in this country need to know their value especially Hispanic people because we bring so much to the table to this country right and we can talk two different languages like no one should be ashamed of speaking Spanish you right. should you should be you should be excited. You should be like, damn, that's exciting. A lot of my friends who don't speak Spanish, whether they're white, black, they're like, man, I wish I, I speak Spanish. And I've learned that, like, you know, growing up. And um, I think that's such a cool thing. And I think if you're Hispanic or you speak a different language, embrace it. Yeah. Because you can communicate more people. And I will be one of those people, Latino people, uh, whether it's here in L.A., if, once I win here in L.A., and then hopefully the rest of the country. Do you get to, is there like a rule when it comes to scrums, like let's say Puig's talking to people or like Ricky Rubio's talking, can you just start asking questions in Spanish so or is there a thing? Typically, uh, LAFC does it really well. They're like, first we're going to answer, ask questions in English mm. and then they'll have a translator. Soccer does it really well. Okay. They have a English first and then we have a translator, whether the player can speak English or not. Uh -huh. And then the Spanish are in the, are after. Okay. So the teams are very, are very, um, cognizant of it they know okay then we have a lot of spanish media of this so but when is when it's scrum it just kind of it's kind of depends right but yeah the, the teams are pretty good about that right on man make sure to check out Gio garcia here fantasy sports game you can see his post-game interviews his, his post-game you're on the court you yeah recaps. On, all the recaps he's on camera yeah you can follow me at Gio garcia la uh fantasy that's on all social media platforms and also follow us on fantasy sports k we have podcasts as well you know, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your music, you can listen to podcasts. I'm going to have to get you on my podcast. Oh, man. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So, yeah, that's where you guys can check me out follow me out there. There you go, guys.